My name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. Come on, amen? Amen. We don't sin against God in this church. We pledge our allegiance every day. Why do we pledge our allegiance? Because we want spiritual freedom. I want freedom every day. I want to be spiritually free, physically free, financially free. I don't want to be bound by anything. That's why we pledge our allegiance to the word of God, the Bible, God's holy word. It's a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. It illuminates everywhere we go. Amen? We hide it so we don't sin against God. We hide its word. We meditate on its word. Isaiah chapter 54 says, Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. This is God speaking to this church. He wants us to enlarge. In ALM, we have the freedom to enlarge. We have the freedom to expand in this place. We have the freedom to expand this place. Shout amen. Amen. Come on, shout like you mean it. We're going to expand this place. Nothing's going to stop us. Can you hear me today? Nothing is going to stop this church from expanding. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17 declares where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. There is freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's going to be freedom. That's how I know people can be free today. Because the Spirit of God is in this place. How many here today have already been liberated by Jesus? Then let me hear you testify. How many of you have been liberated by Jesus? Then let me hear you testify. Shout it out. Nothing stands in the way of our liberty. Jesus has freed us from sin. Jesus has freed us from sin. Jesus has freed us from sin. We are not sinners. Stop recognize yourself. I'm a sinner. No, you're not. You're the redeemed. Hallelujah. I don't recognize myself. I was, as pastor, I mean, not pastor Francis, as, as, as sister Olivia and I were coming to church, there was a song on the Christian radio station and they were playing and she talked about how we identify as sinners. And I'm like, I don't identify as a sinner. I'm sorry. I've been liberated. If you still identify as a sinner, that means you are a sinner. If you identify with sin, that means there's sin in you to identify with. Come on. I don't identify with sin. I ain't that man anymore. 
I ain't that drug addict anymore. A drug person, that person that did drugs. I'm not that person that they drank alcohol. I don't need that anymore. I've been liberated. I don't need booze. I don't need drugs. I don't need to fornicate. I'm married. Hallelujah. Or commit adultery. I've been liberated. When I heard that, I had, to tell, I had to tell Sister Olivia, I said, Olivia, you see what that girl said? I said, she's ignorant, gone to seed. She still considers that. And the song is beautiful. It's a beautiful song. But I'm like, she just messed it up by she still identifies as a sinner. No, as a born-again believer, you don't identify as a sinner. You've been liberated. Then why, if you still... If you still identified, then I guess Jesus didn't work for you. What Jesus did on the cross didn't work. Well, it worked for me in my house. I will never look in the mirror and say, you're still a sinner, Thad Thomas. No, you're not. Oh, I'm a chosen generation, royal priesthood. I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His blood washed my sins away. Hallelujah. I am freed. I am not incarcerated. Do you realize someone who still identifies with sin, someone who claims himself the sinner, is that Satan still has his hand on you. In other words, he can tug you. He can pull you. He can pull you back into that hell anytime he wants. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You take your hands off me, devil. Uh-uh. I've been freed. In other words, you don't own me. You don't own the keys. You don't own nothing. The debt of sin has been paid on Calvary. His blood, Jesus' blood, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. It washed our sins away. All sin. Say all sin. I don't got no dirty sin in the behind my ears. Like, you know, you wash and you look at your children. You didn't wash behind your ears. No, Jesus' blood washed even the dirt behind my ears. Can you testify? If you can testify of that, shout amen. amen. Jesus has freed us from sin. John 8, 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free. If the Son therefore shall make you free. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And there is no turning back. Hallelujah. I ain't turning back. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says, In all things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. We, because of his blood, because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, because of his for us freeing us, we have become more than conquerors. In all things. Have you conquered the enemy today? Have you conquered the enemy today? Have you conquered sin today? Have you conquered sickness today? Have you conquered debt today? Have you conquered your mountains today? Have you conquered your giants today? Have you conquered anything? Hallelujah. Have you conquered sin today? Ask that to yourself. Have I conquered all sin?
You said all things. You said in all things we are more than conquerors. Have you truly conquered the sin of this world or do you still have a taste for it? Do you still wake up in the morning? Because if you still wake up in the morning and still have a taste for sin, you have not conquered it. The devil still got you by the hand. See, when I wake up in the morning, I don't taste sin. I taste and see that the Lord is good. I have tasted the Lord and the Lord is good. There is nothing in this world that can taste better than the Lord. But if you wake up in the morning, if you woke up this morning and you still have a taste for sin, you have a taste for the lust of sin, the lust of this world, the desires of this world, you haven't conquered it. Because that's flesh that has not been redeemed. See, Jesus didn't just redeem certain parts of it. He redeemed all of it. He redeemed all of it. And what we do on a regular basis, is, as I do on a regular basis, I crucify my flesh every day to this word. I crucify my flesh to this word. That's how I keep my flesh clean. So when the devil comes attempting what? He don't tempt my spirit. He tempts my flesh. The devil will never tempt your spirit. He will tempt your soulless realm. Because your soulless realm represents your flesh. And if you have not yielded your flesh to, to Jesus, as born-again believers do every day, remember, this word is a lamp under your feet, a light under your path. You hide this word in your heart. Why? So, you're, so you don't use your flesh to sin against God. But to do that, you got to yield to Jesus. You got to surrender. James chapter 4, you have to submit yourself daily. This is a daily walk with God. That's how you stay more than a conqueror. You daily submit to this word, to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that transforms you from the conformity of the world. This is daily. Every born-again believer has to surrender flesh every day because you know your flesh loves itself. We have no problem blessing us. We have no problem feeding us. We love to approve. We love the approval. Flesh loves to be approved. Oh, yes, when you recognize it. But if your flesh is causing you to sin, you are not liberated. But you are still stuck in the control of the devil. You know what that called? You know what that's called? Slavery. It's called slavery. When you are controlled by the devil, you are a slave to him. And the master will steal, kill, and destroy your life and keep you from being liberated. But aren't you glad there's a God in heaven that God says you can be free? 
And today, if you have not conquered sin, if you have not conquered the enemy, if you have not conquered sickness, sickness is not a part of the kingdom of God. You can be liberated from sickness. You can have spiritual freedom. You can have physical freedom. Today is the day to be more than conquerors. What does it mean? What does it truly mean to be more than a conqueror? It refers to those who gain a surprising victory, meaning to be completely victorious, to carry away an overwhelmingly victory. The reality is that is this we are more than conquerors, present tense, active situation. In other words, Christians keep on winning a glorious victory. That is what more than conquerors truly mean, that we keep on winning a glorious victory in everything we do. More than conquerors don't know what losing is. Winning follows. Winning's a part of their livelihood. Liberation only comes to those who have conquered. Do you hear what I said? Liberation only comes to those who have conquered. I love what David says. Is there not a cause to get up and get out and kill a giant? Israel, all those days, hid themselves in the tent because they were scared as a dog. Here comes this giant cursing every day, cursing them and cursing them and cursing them, even the king. <laughs> and here comes this little boy named David. Little boy named David. And he said, and he heard this just uncircumcised Philistine. And said, who is this man that defiles the army of the Lord? Is there not a cause? The enemy will not leave till you conquer him. You hear what I said? If you have not conquered sickness, sickness will not leave you till you conquer it. Sickness ain't going to leave you. I don't care how much medication the doctor gives you. All that stuff, all that medication is going to do is not heal you. It's just going to suppress the feeling of that sickness. Doctors are not in the healing business. They work with the pharmaceutical companies. They love to keep you medicated. Every 90 days, what do you do? You go to your local pharmacist and you get your 90 days. 90 days. 90 days. They don't even give you a month. They give you 90 days. Why? Because they want to keep you suppressed for 90 days. But that's not God. That's 90 days that giant is of sickness is getting in your face and just spewing evil over you every day. Every day that giant of sickness comes in front of you and screams and yells, Pastor Thad, I'm in pain. Aren't we all? But in the midst of the pain, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where did you see Jesus 
in that time when they were beating him say, stop, stop, stop beating me. Stop beating me. No, never where did you ever see in the scriptures where you read when they beat him before they put him on the cross where Jesus said, stop, I can't take it no more. Nowhere. But he stayed true to the father. He stayed true to the father. He stayed true to the father. He yielded his flesh. He yielded his flesh to the father and he gave God glory. So if you're in pain today, Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, because by your stripes, I am healed. I conquer pain today. I conquer sickness today. I have conquered sickness. Today is the day that I'm cutting the head off of that pill. I'm cutting the head off of those pills, laughing at me, talking to me, and telling me that I have to depend on them every stinking day. As God said earlier, enough! Enough! You got to get to that point. I can't make you get to that point. You got to get to that point yourself. And that's what David did. David said, enough of this. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Only a boy named David. <laughs> Only a boy named David. 1 Samuel 17. Hallelujah. Because I'm here to tell you, Goliath, ne will never will Goliath never left till a giant killer came and conquered him. Goliath never left that day till a giant killer came and conquered him. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the field. And then, then David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of, of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee in my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he give you into our hands. And it came to pass... The Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hastened, hastened, and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. David didn't just walk up there. He ran. He ran. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slanged it 
and smote the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sunk into the, his forehead and he fell upon his face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head. Therefore, and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. What I want you to see here is that a Goliath never left till a giant killer came forward. And when the giant killer came forward, he called him a dog. He laughed at him. He cursed at him. But what Goliath never seen in his entire life was a young boy running at him instead of after away from him and he didn't know what to do because he's never because he was over 10 feet tall he wasn't just any giant he was the giant of all of philistine their pride champion and all of a sudden here comes this little ruddy red-headed boy don't even have enough peach fuzz on his chin and all this little boy had was a sling in his hand and he reached in that bag and grabbed out a, a nice, smooth rock. And he slang it. Goliath didn't know what to do because all his enemies always fled. This time, his head was coming off. So you got to have that attitude every day that you're going to take Goliath's head off. There's a Goliath out there that you need to take a head off. And some of you have families that are Goliath. Cut their head off. I didn't say not. So many times you've knocked them down with a sling and you've walked away and that's shame on you. All you've done is knocked them down with the, with the sling. That ain't what killed. That ain't, let's put it this way. That is not what caused the Philistine army to flee. What caused the Philistine army to flee is when David severed that head and said, uh-huh, 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 look at here, look at here. It's time to show the world that the devil has no power. It's time for you to sever the head of whatever devil's out there and say, look at this world. This is your champion. And I just killed it under the name of Jesus. They're going to flee. They're going to flee. You want to you want to you want to bring governments down? Use the name of Jesus. Oh, it gets better than that. ALM, we're not empty handed. Look at your hands. You're not empty handed. Jeremiah chapter 51. You're not empty handed. God always has a weapon out there for you to use. David didn't have a sword, but he used the enemy's sword against him. God always has weaponry out there. And sometimes you may have to use the enemy's, enemy's weapon against it. In Isaiah chapter 51 Here's your first weapon. Verse, uh, Jeremiah 51. Sorry. Verse 20. Thou art my battle axe. 
and my weapons of war. For with thee will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee all the all with thee I destroy kingdoms, and with thee I will break in the pieces the horses and the rider, and with thee I will break in pieces the chariot and the rider. With thee also I will break in pieces man and woman, and with thee will I break in pieces old and young, and with thee I will break in pieces the young man and the maid. I will also break into pieces with the with thee the shepherd of the flocks, and with thee with the with thee will I break in pieces the husbandman and, the, and his yoke of oxen, and with thee I will break in pieces captains and rulers. God has a weapon with for us, ALM. It's time for us to use that weapon to crush the enemy. Crush those that are in line, governments. Do you realize the church can say who's going to be president? Not the government. Not those that are in Bohemian Rhapsody praying out to some stupid Moloch and giving sacrifice this week. Oh, you don't know nothing about that. It's real, people. Every year, all these dignitaries, all these people, they go in this secluded place, all nothing but men, and they, there's a giant statue that's been there for years, and they sacrifice, and they make rules on what's going to happen. They usually pick who's going to be the next president. Oh, you think your vote counts? It's already been predicted. But we could change that. I want righteousness. I don't want a red. I don't want a blue. I want righteousness. You hear what I said? I don't want a red. I want, a, I want, I want God's appointed. I'm not going to tell you who to vote. I'm not going to vote. No, I, I'm not telling you who to vote because I will never do that. I'm, vote, I'm praying for righteousness that God will put who him, who he desires to be in that White House. Not governments, not politicians, not billionaires, not the elite. But we have been given the authority right here to use our weaponry. And one of the weapons is battle axe. And we can crush the enemy. We can crush the, we can, do you realize we can fix the banking system if we just call on Jesus? This is not by accident. I know y'all ain't shouting me down because y'all like, oh, there he goes again. I'm just showing you the truth. I'm just showing you the truth right here. Talk about kingdoms, talking about horse and riders, the, 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 the armies and the military. You, you, you want to see you want to see military come back to where back to its roots. Start praying for it. Crush the enemies that have trying to change hundreds of years that caused men to be men. Instead of we don't know what we are. And women to be women. I'm for women in the military. I have nothing against it. I'm not against it. Because sometimes these women can shoot better than men. They'll pull the trigger quicker than a man. You don't want to make a woman mad. Mm -mm. Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing a summer soul of spirit and of the joints of marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see here, right here, we are not empty-handed. We, we are God's battle axe. We have the word of God, which is, is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged It knows how to separate. 
What does Ephesians chapter 6 say? Go there, Ephesians chapter 6. Starting verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and be the power of the might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand this evil day and having done all to stand. Keep going. I'm sorry. I had to change this real quick. Turn my page. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is this word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching therein, thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What is he saying here? What is he saying? He's saying, here, put on the whole armor of God. But I know all, 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 all of us here, we all want to fight with this armor. But that's not what he says here. What he's telling us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 8, he's telling us to stand, pray, and watch. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, there is different weapons, and we'll get that in the next, you know, soon when God gives me the liberty to share it. But there is weapons that we use. But this armor is there for us to stand, pray, and watch God fight the battle. One of the greatest, one of the weapons that we are able to use against the enemy is a weapon of praise. That's what you fight the enemy with. You fight the enemy with praise. You fight the enemy with worship. You fight the enemy with giving. But here he's telling us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and 10 through 18, he says, put on the whole armor of God. But our job is to put on this whole armor is to pray, is to stand, pray, and watch. How does ALM fight the enemy? How do we fight this enemy that's real? I'm not saying the enemy's now because I know the devil's real. He uses people, places, and things. Why? To steal, kill, and destroy. Right now, he's got family. He's strategizing against you. As we've learned in Ephesians chapter 6, he strategizes against us. How does he strategize? Through the principalities of the air, the rulers of darkness. Wickedness. How do we deal with the principalities of today? How do we deal with the rulers of darkness? How do we deal with the enemy? We deal with the enemy by yielding ourselves to the spirit. The spirit of God. How do we yield ourselves to the spirit of God? One word, obedience. That's how you deal with the enemy. You stay obedient to this word. You are spirit-driven. You yield yourself to the spirit. And this spirit will remind you to be obedient to God's word. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will always tell you to obey this word. If, he de if you hear something else that contradicts obedience, it ain't the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God will never contradict this word. And this, the spirit of God will always tell you, obey what it says. Because if you obey, 
you're going to prosper. You're going to have good success. Obedience gives us boldness. Obedience gives us boldness. And our boldness produces actions. Our boldness produces action. Just ask Peter the rock in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Go there. Verse 14. Hallelujah. But Peter, standing up with the, with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and young men, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servant and all my handsmaid, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and and I will show wonders in heaven above the signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood we just had a red moon not too long ago before the great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved look at here Obedience. Here was a gentleman that was a very disobedient person, but he got transformed by the Holy Ghost. And on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, you didn't see Peter the liar. You saw Peter the rock. And he was speaking truth. He was led by the Spirit. And because of his obedience to the Spirit of God that led him to speak, lives were transformed that day. Say this with me, ALM, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom, there is freedom. Today, be spiritually free, be physically free, be financially free. Today, 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 be free. Because the Spirit of the Lord says so. Remember, remember this. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror in this church. You're more than a conqueror in this church. You're more than a conqueror. Sin has been conquered. Sickness has been conquered. Debt has been conquered. Mountains have been conquered. Giants have been conquered. All through the scripture, you can see where people, places, and things were conquered. Well, today's your day to have victory. Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today, and you desire to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me 
to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King, and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms.